Hey friends, this is Caitlin, and I'm so grateful you've decided to join me on The Comeback Couch. So kick off your shoes, put up your feet, and get comfortable with real stories that have shaped real people. You'll hear from doctors, lawyers, mechanics, and moms who shared their experiences of hope, healing, and holding on when it would have been so much easier to give up. Occasionally, you'll hear a story, a teaching, or a quick thought from me. I hope you'll curl up with a cup of coffee and stay a while as we sit on the comeback couch and learn a little more about life and the hope we can find when we look close enough. Hey friends, welcome back to the comeback couch. I hope you all had a very Merry Christmas. I hope it was filled with people you love and Christmas magic and rest and celebrating the real reason, which is the birth of Jesus. And if you had a difficult Christmas full of grief or loss, um, if it was your first Christmas without someone special, I'm so sorry. And I was thinking of you and I'll continue to pray for um, just for peace. Cause I know that, you know, people say time heals all, but I know that that isn't really the truth. Um, God heals and he comforts and he gives peace. So I'm praying that for you as we enter the new year. Um, I came very close to titling this episode coming back from the flu <laughs> because I feel like I had to fight for my peace and joy after a week of being in bed sick as a dog. I think I was the sickest I've ever been. Seven full days of sickness and recovery. Thank the Lord above my husband and my sons didn't catch it since I quarantined in my bedroom. Still not sure how they didn't catch it, but thank you, Jesus. And thank you, Jesus, that I got it the week before Christmas instead of the day of. Have to find the silver lining, right? I had so many good intentions and so many plans to complete during the week leading up to Christmas, along with like every other mom. So when it started, I thought it was the stomach virus that was going around. And I was like, okay, this is like a 24-hour bug. But I got it the day of my best friend's surprise birthday party. I had been helping plan for weeks. I'd been talking with her husband. I was so excited. She's always doing kind things and showing up for other people. And I really wanted to celebrate her. And then I didn't get to be there. Um, so that was devastating. Um, but then the next day I thought, okay, I'm fine. Um, I definitely don't feel great, but I'm just like, you know, famished from throwing up and not eating and I'm dehydrated but it was my son's um, little mother's day out Christmas party. And I am a room mom and I headed up the um, teacher's gifts and planning the party for the kids and doing the snacks and all of that. So I had been coordinating that for weeks and I was like, okay, I've just got to rally and get to this Christmas party. I'm totally fine. I'm not sick anymore. I just need to like, I, I literally went and got some like salty Chick-fil-A fries and a Sprite. And I was like, okay, this is, this is going to heal my body. This is going to heal me and get me through this party. So I get there, get the gifts done, go to the party. Thank God my husband was able to um, leave work and come and help with the baby. And um, we had a great time, but I kept having to run to the bathroom. I did not feel good. Had a cold sweat the whole time. And I was like, okay, I'm going to be fine. I'm just recovering. Well, as soon as I got home, got the kids down for a nap, I thought, okay, this is this is where I die. This is how it ends. Shaking all over, fever, chills, aches, you name it. So all of the 
flu symptoms started to hit and I quickly realized, okay, I have the flu. Um, and I had the full like stomach issues with every other symptom of the flu. I have not had a fever in years, had 103 fever. It was brutal. I was out for the count for a full week. Like I said, I missed multiple Christmas parties with friends, activities I'd planned for my kids. And I had a goal at my gym to hit the 50 classes mark before the end of the year. And I missed it. Um, I thought that I could just pick back up with like the 45 classes I have done in January, but I found out today, just before I recorded this, that it starts over <laughs> at the beginning of every year. So I'm like, okay, I'll just try to get to 150, which is like the big goal um, starting January 1st or 2nd, whenever. Yeah, Monday's the 2nd. So I'm going to try to hit the ground running. Um, all that to say, I felt like a failure, like a bad mom, like a worthless human. I know that sounds dramatic and it escalated quickly um, because it is dramatic. Uh, so I dug deeper to investigate why on earth my brain took me being physically unwell and very sick and needing rest and converted that into me being a total failure. Makes no logical sense, but that is, that's how I felt. I still need to process it a little more with my therapist, but I discovered two crucial truths. I have an issue with control and I struggle with Sabbath rest. I have a feeling I'm not alone. Um, and if you can relate, then this is for you and me. Uh, when my plans went south because my body couldn't physically perform, keyword perform, the list I had made, I lost control. I literally had no control over my time, my social life, my relationships, or even my own health. So with the loss of control, I like lost control <laughs> of my feelings. I was in survival mode. And because of that, I couldn't be a perfectionist in any area of life. I could only do the bare minimum and not even the bare minimum for my kids, like just simply the bare minimum for myself. Eat, drink, barely, sleep, and keep breathing. That was it. But sometimes life feels like that even when we aren't sick. It feels like survival mode and we can only do the bare minimum. And yes, we need rhythms and plans in place so that life does keep spinning um, when we do kind of get off path and do lose control of our plans and do get sick or tragedy happens. Uh, but sometimes even like our best laid plans and our rhythms and our habits can't sustain. It can't sustain. So we go into survival mode. Um, in a recent counseling session, my counselor actually challenged me in life, in my everyday life, to do the bare minimum. She's working with me on this all or nothing attitude and trying to enforce a little more cruise control. We've figured out that I'm usually all gas, no brakes, and then the car dies, needs to go to the shop for repairs, and that's what life looks like on a never-ending loop. We laughed so hard because we were talking about like actual driving, not a metaphor, and I was like, oh my gosh, wait, I never drive on cruise control, never. I have to have control of the gas and the brakes um, so that I can speed up, slow down. Um, it's like, it's an all or nothing thing for me. And I started asking like friends and family, my husband was like, oh, I like stay on cruise control, which is hilarious because in life, he also pretty much stays on cruise control, pretty calm, doesn't really get off kilter a whole lot. And as me and my counselor, we like, I mean, we took that, we took that metaphor and went all the way through the whole entire therapy session. And we've, we've revisited it like every single session since then. Um, 
but that's not healthy that I'm, I go all gas, no breaks. Like I've got to figure out how to have cruise control in some areas of life and not, not the kind where you're like, I'm on cruise control and I'm just like, it's not autopilot, it's cruise control. And I just, I think there's a difference. Um, autopilot reminds me of the movie Click, which is one of my favorite movies, but he goes on autopilot and he's not even like living. He's like barely there. This is more like, I know when to take my foot off the gas and let the car do its thing. I'm still paying attention. Like when your car, you're still paying attention, but you are not like actively like gas brakes, gas brakes. So trying to get there. Hey friends, can you join me in prayer for the resilient people of Appalachia? The families living in the Appalachia region of the United States face intense and growing poverty. The lack of educational opportunities, diminishing job prospects, and harmful effects of daily hunger prevent hardworking families from prospering. These children, their families, and seniors suffer in unimaginable living conditions. Thankfully, for 60 years, Christian Appalachian Project has provided neighbors battling poverty in Appalachia much-needed essentials like nourishing food, clothing, home repairs, educational support, and elderly services. Join me in sending an uplifting message of hope and prayers to our neighbors in Appalachia at christianapp.org backslash prayer. That's christianapp.org backslash prayer. There, you can send a message of heartfelt hope and find ways to support. Again, visit christianapp.org backslash prayer. Taking a quick break from our conversation to tell you about another one of our amazing sponsors of the podcast. If you are looking for a way to help change the world and open doors for you to talk about Jesus, Caruso Christian Apparel is your next place to shop. They are on a mission to share the good news on t-shirts, accessories, and gifts that point to Jesus. And you can be a part of the movement every time you wear or give one of their products. If you just do not know how to talk about Jesus or introduce him to someone, let your shirt do the talking. It's an easy way to do it. Research has found that the average shirt has the potential to be read over 3,000 times. Caruso has men's, women's, and cute little children's clothing, and they have fun gifts like socks and mugs, perfect for the teachers in your life or friends and family, especially this holiday season. You can get your life-changing apparel today on caruso.com. That's K-E-R-U-S-S-O.com and use promo code COMEBACKCOUCH15 at checkout to receive 15% off your order through the end of 2023. Change your shirt, change the world. So when my counselor asked how I could do the bare minimum, I immediately started making a list of things I would do each day, no matter what. Like, okay, read my Bible, do this, do that. But before I could say the first task, she said, sleep. Like, that's the answer, sleep. I said, oh. I was like, you mean like literally the bare minimum? She said, yeah, for now, it's not journaling, not 30 minutes of exercise, not even measuring your water intake. It is sleep. Everything hinges on rest and we have to reset your sleep schedule. I was like, "Uh, okay. I think I've told you guys before that I have narcolepsy. So sleep is a real point of tension for me. It always has been. I didn't know I had narcolepsy until... I would say like five years ago when I did a sleep study and figured it out. And my parents were like, wow, this makes so much sense. (laughs) Like 
they just thought I was like a typical teenager, like slept really late, like wouldn't get up for school. No, it was much deeper than that. It was like a medical issue. Um, I, I function best as a night owl, but that doesn't work well in the world of early rising babies and toddlers. And it honestly doesn't really work well in the world at all, unless you have a night shift job. Um, I had one job when I was in the news, I had one shift for a period of time where I did work 2 p.m. to 11 p.m. And honestly, I thrived. Like I would get home, I would go to sleep at like midnight, one o'clock. But then I didn't really have a life at all because I would sleep super late and then get up and like go to work again. <laughs> like I did nothing else except work and sleep. But I felt great when I was at work. I also immediately go straight into REM sleep. So it's very difficult for me to wake up once I'm out. Like that's what the sleep study figured out. Like I was going straight. If you've never done a sleep study, it's pretty wild. Like they literally, I'm, I was like laying in a bed, hooked up to all the things. And for like a night and an entire day, the next day, they monitor my sleep. So I couldn't, I could only like unclip and get up to go to the bathroom. Um, and when they would say like, go to sleep, I had to go to sleep. Like I had to turn the TV off. I had to put my books down, put my phone down and try to go to sleep. And then when they would say to wake up, I had to immediately wake up. Like a, they would come over the speaker and I feel like they got mad at me because I was like not listening. And then I couldn't wake up. It was, I, I literally cried while I was doing the sleep study. Um, but I had so many dreams because I go straight into REM. One of my dreams, <laughs> I dreamt that my best friend had come to break me out of the sleep study. And like, we were like walking down the sidewalk. She's sneaking me out. That's how miserable I clearly was that like my subconscious was like, all right, we got to break out of here. Um, but with, yeah, when they, when they did the study, they were like, yeah, you go straight into REM sleep. You definitely have narcolepsy. You also have insomnia, which usually comes with narcolepsy. So it's super hard for you to go to sleep at night. But once you are asleep, it's very hard for you to wake up and you almost never feel rested. Great. Awesome. Uh, still haven't ever found a good medicine that works. Um, trying to look at some like natural options, look at some good medicines. I, I'm really trying to figure all that out. That is like my main goal for 2024. Um, the problem is insurance doesn't cover a lot of that stuff. It's very time consuming, very expensive. Um, and I'm, I have two kids. So like, I feel like I'm in survival mode a lot of the time because I'm just like, whatever, I'll get to it later, but I cannot do the best job, um, as a mom and as in any other role in my life, if I don't take care of this. So that's what she and I have been talking about. Um, also, it is a miracle of God that I've been able to get up with two babies. And it's also a gift that they have both been amazing sleepers. God knew. He, he really knew. Um, so sleep hygiene. That is my goal. That's my focus. Getting in a good rhythm at night, putting my phone down, dimming the lights, reading a book, calming my mind, body, and soul, and disciplining myself to shut down and sleep. Um, for like a week, me and my husband had this great rhythm where we would get in bed, read a chapter of our Bibles, read 10 pages of a book, and then fall asleep watching one episode of Survivor of any season. We we're like obsessed with Survivor. We watch old seasons all the time. Um, and for that week, I felt amazing. I had also recently done cryotherapy where you like get in the cryotherapy chamber and it's like super cold. I don't know. I don't know if that was correlated to like my energy that week. If it was a combination of that and good sleep. I don't know. I'm going to try that out again in the new year. Um, just to see there's a place uh, in town 
where I live and they asked me to come try it out and it was three minutes. It was kind of brutal, but I mean, it's only three minutes and my brother knows a ton about that kind of stuff. And he was like, yeah, I mean, I've heard that it's like, it does great things. Just like the cold plunge. This is like similar to that. It's just does all the thing, like burns fat, burns calories, like gives you energy. Um, so we're going to try that out again and try a, a rhythm, even if it's just like, okay, I'm getting in the bed and reading, um, reading my Bible for five minutes and a book for five minutes and going to sleep. Even if I can't do the whole thing again, no more all or nothing, just implement small changes to make these big impacts. So that's, that's what I'm doing. That's what I'm doing. I'm trying really hard to focus on that. And even if all the things I want to accomplish in 2024 don't happen um, with, with books and writing and podcasting and speaking and getting my house organized and just, there's so many things I would love to do and so many goals I am going to seriously look at and set for my family, my marriage, uh, my ministry, but none of it's going to happen if I don't focus on this and focus on my health. And that, that really does start with sleep. And that's what um, my therapist has been just drilling. She's like, this, this is so important. And as boring as it might be, that's what I'm going to focus on the most. I'm going all or nothing, but this time I'm all in on the bare minimum, burning the boats when it comes to getting real rest, because I want to practice Sabbath rest. And I think that that really does start with sleep. I want to know more about what the Bible says about sleep, more about how the enemy attacks our sleep. I'll talk more about that later, but he has always attacked me hardcore. I have very prophetic dreams from the Lord. Um, and I used to have very, very dark and intense nightmares. Um, they still creep in sometimes, but I have prayed those things off or anointed my bedroom, have people come over and anoint my bedroom. Maybe we'll do a whole episode on that. Um, and I just want to know more about how sleep and our spirituality can go hand in hand. What were Jesus's sleep habits? We know he napped. We know he rose early. And, you know, maybe the Bible doesn't give us a ton of details, but I think there's enough to guide us on this side of heaven. And speaking of burning the boats, if you head over to my Substack called Burn the Boats, I think I'm going to kick the year off with a sleep study. <laughs> I'll be sharing resources, tools, books, podcasts, anything I find that helps me sleep better. And hey, if you have recommendations, please send them my way uh, on Instagram, email me whatever. Um, I would love to know if you found things that work for you. If you found good books or podcasts or anything like that, documentaries um, about sleep, send it my way. I love to hear from you guys. Um, we're going back to basics in 2024, reclaiming our sleep so we don't have to sleepwalk through life. As my friend Jess Connolly says, I'll link the Substack in the show notes and you can find it over on my Instagram too. Speaking of, you won't see me much on Instagram until the end of January as I slowly pull back take a break. I love to do a social media fast to prepare for the new year. And I'm going to need to clear my mind and prepare for these new sleep habits, which I think will go hand in hand with better social media habits. Amen. But while I'm gone, I will be writing on Substack um, so that I can still hang out and connect with my subscribers over there, especially my paid subscribers. I'll be doing some special things for you guys. Um, with this sleep study, you may get a bonus podcast episode because the podcast will be on a break until the end of January, beginning of February, but you'll get to hear from me if you are um, upgraded over there on Substack. And I'll also be sending out emails to my email list subscribers, which is also linked in the show notes and 
on my Instagram. You can always find anything in the show notes and anything at the link in my bio over on Instagram at Caitlin Chapel Rogers. Okay, guys, here's to a year of good sleep and coming back to rest the way God always intended it. I'll talk to you guys tomorrow for the final episode of 2023 with an extra special surprise guest. You will not want to miss it. Bye, friends. Hey, thanks for stopping by and sitting a while on the comeback couch with me. You know I'd love to hear from you. Questions, feedback, and even requests. Find me on Instagram or Facebook at Caitlin Chapel Rogers. And hey, don't be shy. Share the show with a friend, post it on your social media and tag me, and send me your comeback stories. You never know when they might make it on the show.